Hello and welcome to Demystifying Wellness. We're your hosts, Laura Merkel and Dr. Jared Aguilar. And on today's episode, we're going to discuss dentistry and oral hygiene with Dr. Mary Chen. Let's get into it. All right, so today we are really excited because we are joined with Dr. Mary Chan. She is a general dentist in Palo Alto, California, working mostly with on preventative and restorative work for adults. Um, and yeah, welcome, Mary. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're so excited to talk about teeth. Oh, yeah. Um, it's like one of the things that is so important for overall health that we just, I feel like it's so out of our field, yeah. <laughs> you know, as in, in the fitness world and in the physical therapy side. Um, but we really want people to know more about it. Um, so we're pretty pumped. And this is really for me because I did not do too hot on my last few dentist appointments. So I'm really just. Oh, no. To- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I thought we could maybe start, Mary, with you just um, just kind of telling people a little bit more about yourself, um, mm-hmm. what you do, and, and what drew you to dentistry. Sure, sure. So um, I am a general dentist in Palo Alto, California. So um, I would describe my usual patient, because I'm here in Silicon Valley, is um, a tech worker, usually someone with pretty good teeth, pretty... Um, high dental IQ, we say, someone that's pretty knowledgeable about basic like oral hygiene, but certainly throughout the span of my career, I've been practicing almost 11 years now, and I've practiced in a variety of settings. Um, I used to work in nursing homes in the state of Massachusetts, so I've seen the elderly population. I've worked with mass health, so, um, you know, people on Medicaid, um, that's also uh, back in Massachusetts, and then just everything in between. I've done humanity work. I've gone to Guatemala and seen even, you know, people outside of the U.S. So um, I, I've seen a lot. And I think maybe that's the one thing I love the most about dentistry. You know, we only live this one life and I only see my one life, but just in meeting patients and talking to them and seeing them in a vulnerable time, you really see a lot more of the human experience, you know? Yeah, um, awesome. it's not just a bubble. But yeah, happy to answer any questions you have. Yeah. That's so I, the one thing that's like refreshing to hear is that teeth can't lie. So you really get to know a person by looking inside their <laughs> mouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's interesting <laughs> what people will fabricate. I don't know if they really believe it or what, but uh, everything comes out in the x-rays. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. So um I guess we'll just start super basic and you can tell us like what is dentistry and why why is it important? Sure. So dentistry is the science and medicine of your oral cavity. So think everything between your nose and like your chin. Um, That's all your teeth, your gums, the soft tissue structure around your teeth and gums. So your tongue on the floor of your mouth, all the way back to even your soft palate. Um, so that's an area that probably your doctor's not checking, probably your doctor's not well informed on, right? So, um, that's what dentists are for. We cover this area of your body and, um, even within dentistry, I know we'll get to it, but there's like a lot of subspecialties, um, 
it's it's just so vast and varied. So there's quite a bit. Yeah. How does the health of your teeth and gums um, influence the rest of your body? Right. So your oral cavity is the gateway to the rest of your GI system, right? Um, it can be as basic as if you don't have teeth, you can't chew well. So then your mm-hmm. nutrition goes down, okay? Um, other things, like if you're missing a front tooth, how do you smile with confidence, you know? Mm-hmm. Certainly in our society, um, I think you would really struggle maybe getting a job, maybe even yeah. like going out and socializing. Um, that could affect your self-esteem, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Other things, uh, going more deep, like if you have a lot of inflammation around your gums, um, that's a direct path into the rest of your body. And just having gum disease has been shown to have effects in your the rest of your system, diabetes, high blood pressure, all these things mm-hmm. will be exacerbated and only made worse if you have gum disease. Okay. Yeah, so pretty important <laughs> to, to keep an eye on that. So I know that we have this, um, you know, this idea of seeing, getting like a dental cleaning and going to see your dentist about every six months. Um, where does that like timeline come from? Sure. So the six month timeline, it's funny. You, uh, you sent me that question. I was trying to look it up. Um, there's not a lot of like clear cut answers. I think if I'm going to guess, there's probably a multitude of things. Um, it's probably what insurance companies can get away with, mm. number one. Um, number two, the six-month thing from at least my standpoint, it takes a it takes about a couple of months for changes to happen at the bone level. Mm. Okay. So something happening underneath the gums that maybe you're not aware of. Um, something happening between the teeth that you can't see or feel yet. Um, mm. Six months is when maybe we would start to see something. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's probably my biggest guesstimate. Even the healthiest person with the perfect teeth, you would benefit from a six month cleaning and exam, you know, like, what do you have Mm -hmm. to lose? Yeah. Yeah. So if you're, if you're not getting regular cleanings, um, then, I mean, it sounds like all the things you were describing about gums and teeth and how it can influence the rest of your system, you'd be more at risk, right? Because if you're not getting regular cleanings, then you're not catching those things early. Is that Exactly. Yeah. So like an ounce of prevention, right? So, mm-hmm. um, if you catch things early on, then maybe all you need is uh, sometimes it can be as basic as, oh, I see something happening here. If you floss a little bit better here and things improve, I, I might not have to do anything. And yeah. quite honestly, I would hope that is what happens. But um, sometimes it's, it's like, oh, I catch a cavity. Like, you know, now this is a cavity. We have to do a filling here. Mm-hmm. Worst case, scenario it's a raging infection then you know or things are breaking and then I'm limited at what I can offer you yeah and so with that I'm going to kind of jump around with some of these questions but um with that have you have you seen um like COVID impacting how for sure for sure um yes people have been delaying things and um of course, delaying dental needs is never a good decision um, because the longer you delay it, the worse it can only get. And then I'm limited in the options I can give you and it's probably going to be more invasive. Yeah. You know, probably not going to be things that you would prefer to be doing. The other thing that COVID is causing is just the stress on people. Mm-hmm. It's causing them to grind their teeth quite a bit. Oh, wow. Okay. I a lot that. of grinding, 
a lot of cracking of teeth, things breaking that should not be breaking. Things, but you know. Teeth can crack? What yes. That's when, like, when you crack. grind too hard? Um, they can crack. There can be internal cracks that are just don't show up on x-rays and then are super hard to diagnose. Um, and then just years down the road, one day, like um, the straw will break the camel's back and then oh. a piece will break. Oh off. my gosh. This is the most yeah. disturbing thing I've ever heard about teeth. <laughs> this is scary. <laughs> I'm very scared now. Um, yeah. and, so, and, and you think that, so you're attributing like grinding is related to stress. Yeah, yeah. There's no like one um, pinpoint cause to grinding, but I can only imagine stress isn't helping. Yeah, and people sure. are really stressed. <laughs> yeah. When you have somebody that is grinding, of course, that's that's a, a kind of a nervous tick, for lack of a better word. What are some tools that they can use that you educate them on how that they can stop that? Um. So I usually ask people like. Um, do you catch yourself like clenching your jaw in the middle of the day? Like, you know, you're looking at the computer screen. You're just like, you know, like just consciously tell yourself, put a post-it on your computer, like loosen a jaw, you know, like mm-hmm. just, this is the muscle right here. If it's constantly contracting, it's going to get tired, you know? Mm-hmm. Other things, just um, your teeth are not perfectly flat. Nothing in nature is that level and flat. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if they're looking that flat, then something is causing it to be that flat, especially the canines. Um, That's probably the most noticeable one. That's a tooth that should be like pretty sharp. Like think about how dog's teeth look, right? Mm -hmm. So if that's starting to look flat, you're wearing it down. No one's born with flat canines, right? So um, then the other thing that people usually come in and tell me is like, oh, my, uh, my spouse or significant other is saying that they hear me like grinding at night. And usually partners are the first people that notice it because we're asleep, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't notice anything. So you hear it. Um, you hear it. Like the other person, like crunch, crunch, crunch. Wow. Like, it's a pretty, like, it's a pretty, uh, like a nails on chalkboard type of noise sometimes. Yeah. yeah. So then maybe you need to think about something like a night guard. Mm. Wearing something protective to not only protect your teeth, but also the joint here, you know, you're overworking the joint, you're overworking the muscle, and you're going to tire yourself out, right? Mm-hmm. It can also lead to sleep problems too, you know? Um, there is a lot more research and link between dentistry and just airway and sleep medicine as well. Mm. Wow, that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, cool. So let's um, dig back into some of the dentistry questions. Um, so if you're... so okay, we know that we need to be going regularly. Um, and you kind of, you explained why, what kind, what, what are you screening for in, mm. in an regular appointment? Right. So, um, there are things that I check every single time. And there are things that I check like once a year. Okay. Um, so every single time I always, the first thing I ask patients is, is there anything bothering you? Is there like something has changed since your last appointment? And, um, you know, a lot of times it's like, no, everything's the same. Sometimes it's like a chip or like a small thing broke. I Mm -hmm. want you to look at that. So that's usually the first thing, right? Then I usually measure all the gums. I use a small probe and I measure the space between the teeth and the gums. And that's a good indication of good gum health. And we usually record that about once a year. And every new patient that comes in, I record it once. So we have a baseline. Mm -hmm. And that is good too, because we can see if there's been any change. 
and that is a good indication of areas that you need to floss or brush better mm -hmm. all right and that it's a good conversation starter to like get people to realize like the you know maybe bettering their practices or habits and then after that i usually take x-rays once a year um usually check up bite wing x-rays to check the the surfaces between the two teeth. Visually, I can examine the entire tooth surface, but there is a surface where the two teeth touch or I can't see, right? Mm. So that's where those x-rays come into play. X-rays will show me if there's been a breakdown in the enamel, if there is a cavity, how far it's spread, and um, if we need to take action. Um, other things that pop up on the x-ray are bone levels. Bone levels can decrease with gum disease, and that's um, uh, that's a sign of gum disease, actually. So that's another thing that um, we keep an eye on. Cool. That's what I didn't too, do too hot on my last visit was the what is it called gum erosion or oh the gum the, measurements was the it gum the measurements. yeah and there's yeah. a certain score right because they right. how's the grading level this might be too nerdy but I'm interested because it's <laughs> about my teeth and I'm <laughs> I'm being selfish. What, how does, what's the number that I need to get so that I can know? <laughs> so, um, the numbers are millimeters, and we usually say three to one is in the range of good health. Mm -hmm. um, and then four is kind of borderline. Four is like, hey, you should be flossing a little bit better here. And then This is five, so helpful because they laid me on the table, and they just start counting these numbers, and I'm hearing two threes and fours, and I'm like, oh, what's yeah. the good ones? So now when, I, yeah. when you hear fours, that's when you should get upset. You should floss more. Yeah, four, you should floss more. Five to six, I would say um, you need to, you might have to seek additional like care, maybe an extra cleaning, um, more, a more in-depth cleaning, something like that. And so when you're measuring, you're, you're measuring, is it the like inflammation of the, the gums? So it's a space. Um, your teeth and your gums are not flushed. There is not, not like completely 100% sealed off. There's a okay. little bit what we call a pocket. I actually have a diagram. <laughs> here, well, I, I'm, right here yeah. my office. I'm here in my office, so I'm going to use the diagram. <laughs> yes. I thought you just had that lying around at home. That was, I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so you have your tooth here, and then uh -huh. you have gums, right? In between uh -huh. the teeth and the gums, there's a small space. And that's what we're measuring for. Oh, that's okay. If you can imagine if the gums are inflamed, they're puffy, then uh -huh. that number would go up. That's why okay. we say five and six is an area of concern. In healthy gums and health unhealthy gums, it would be a lot firmer and attaches stronger to the tooth. So that's mm -hmm. one to three millimeters. That's fine. What happens with inflammation, gingivitis, this becomes inflamed and also the attachment between the gums and the tooth kind of weakens. Mm. Sometimes so the probe will go in further that's like a five or six Got it. okay that's so interesting Ooh. this is, this is all such in. great information um <laughs> <laughs> so i guess let's um there's a lot to chew on all right <laughs> but um, but um, <laughs> um <laughs> okay so um i guess our next questions are kind of because you you talked about x-rays what you're looking for um, what, when, when I go to a dentist's office, there's usually a hygienist there as well. What is the role of like the dentist versus the hygienist? Sure. 
So a hygienist, they mostly do cleanings. Um, since I would say like um, the vast majority of patients just need two cleanings a year, you know, um, they don't need a lot of procedures if they're doing everything right at home. So the model of dentistry used to be a dentist would do everything. Mm -hmm. I think sometime in like the 60s or 70s that the role of cleaning and dentistry like got a little separated and to make a dental office more efficient, the job of the cleaning was separated out to a hygienist. A hygienist, the training is slightly different. I believe the programs are um, two, two to four years. You know, you mostly just concentrate on learning about um, cleaning, the oral health. They're, and they're great. Some hygienists are great at diagnosing as well. Like my hygienist tells me if she sees anything, it's like a good primer for like a conversation. Hmm. So basically hygienists do cleaning, they help um, educate patients about um, oral health. It's just uh, like an extra hand in the okay. office that frees me up to do more procedures. Okay, cool. And then when you're when the x-rays are getting done, they're being looked at by you, not the hygienist, yeah. correct? Okay. Yeah, she probably will. I mean, she's probably seen a ton of x-rays by now. So she yeah. can almost like diagnose just as well as I can. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it never hurts to have a second pair of eyes. Yeah, absolutely. In your practice, are you the only dentist there or is there another? Yeah. So I'm I'm in a solo practice. I'm the only dentist here. And then I have uh, one hygienist. Okay. That's nice. I I feel like there are so many like big dental offices where there are like so many hygienists and like a handful of dentists. It must be nice to like, you really must know your your clients and your patients. Yeah. Yeah. I really know my patients pretty well. And that's one of the real benefits of like a small practice. You almost become a part of their lives. Like every time you can kind of like continue the conversation from last time, like, Oh, how's Timmy doing in school? You know, and it's, it's like nice. Cause um, in modern day society, there's a slight breakdown in the, you know, community. Yeah. yeah so it's, it's nice to still have a connection with people, especially now. Cause um, it's yeah. really, to have that kind of socializing right now yeah for sure for sure cool what's the what's the most frustrating thing that the public misunderstands about dentistry and dentists <laughs> um frustrating i guess um uh you know i think every profession has some bad apples i just um it happens right but um, it's tough when you get judged by the bad apples of your profession, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not all out there to try and get you. We're not all out there to um, make millions and millions of dollars. I mean, I, I, I work in Silicon Valley and these tech guys wake way more than I do, believe <laughs> me, <laughs> you know? Um, it's, it, it's not, at one time, um, it was definitely a more lucrative profession. Nowadays, I think um, it, there are other easier ways to get money if that's <laughs> your goal. Yeah. 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 So I just wish that people realize that it's not uh, me versus you. I'm trying to help you. I, a lot of times I'm just the messenger, you know? Yeah. yeah. Do you have any advice about like, like when somebody's looking for a dentist, like how do, how do you... How do you know if you're, if it's somebody like you, or if it is somebody who's um, maybe just trying to make m- as much money off of you as they can? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
you know it's interesting i think there was like a 16 minute like um like investigative piece they did where one reporter went to like this was in manhattan they uh one reporter went to like a bunch of dental offices and had like dentists look at her mouth and like see what like was recommended and the vast majority of dentists all said the same thing like yeah none of them you have some outliers but you can kind of smell it you know yeah if you're a person that has perfect straight teeth you've never had a cavity in your life and all of a sudden you're walk and you know um reflect on yourself like have you been flossing and brushing regularly have you been going to the dentist regularly like and then all of a sudden someone is suggesting that you need like rampant crowns everywhere and yeah yeah and you know it, it doesn't hurt to get a second opinion it really doesn't i i stand by my diagnosis if you want to go get a second opinion i'm not insulted i'm yeah. not you have, as a patient, you have every right to your x-rays. You can take them to another office, get someone else to look at it. That's perfectly fine. And, yeah. um, you know, there's quite a bit of gray area in dentistry. You're never going to get two people to agree, two dentists to agree on one thing 100%, but the vast majority should agree, have a consensus, you know? Yeah. Um, so I know as a consumer, it's hard to shop around. Your insurance kind of doesn't want you to shop around. Yeah. But just know that you're not tied to one person and use your gut instinct. If it's, it's a relationship, just like any other relationship. If you don't feel like it's working out, then, you know, no hard, no hard feelings, you know, yeah. um, don't blast me on Yelp or Google, please. <laughs> but um, I, I'm fine with, I'm fine with some people leaving. And, you know, I've had patients leave for all sorts of reasons and it's fine. I don't take it personally. It's your body. It's your right. And yeah. if you, you're, you're allowed to go to wherever you feel comfortable. Yeah. Awesome. Um, are there people who are more predisposed to having um gingivitis or cavities or like any of these conditions are you looking that we've at been me? talking about I <laughs> <laughs> so um I used to like a lot of patients come and say like um oh man you know my mother had dentures and all her teeth out by the age of like 40 that's the track I'm probably going to and you know um that's that's a very resigned way of looking at things and it's uh, a lot of it is in your control in your hands mm. i do understand that um early preventative work is um you know uh, sometimes people didn't have access to that you know i yeah. you can't control what kind of childhood you've had and you know what kind of access you had early on maybe you didn't get braces that straightened your teeth then you ended up with like more crooked and overlapped teeth that's harder to keep clean you know yeah that makes maybe sense. You grew up in an environment where oral and dental health was just not, uh, not uh, you know, a priority, right? So you didn't grow up with the best, like, you know, hygiene practices. You didn't grow up with the best, like, uh, appreciation for oral health. Um, then later on, it's a little harder to instill it on, a, on an adult, yeah. you know? Yeah, um, no matter how hard you try. Yeah. Um, but genetic component, yes, there is a genetic component to how to gum disease. That's if your parents had it, you're probably more likely to have it. With that being said, a lot of it is in your hands. You know, I certainly don't have the same teeth as my parents, but you know, my parents did not have um, access to early care as I did. My parents did not have access to ortho to braces, and my parents didn't go to dental school, so. <laughs> 
of course i know a lot i'm gonna give you a leg up it's <laughs> like life but you know i i mean i look at my teeth um you know look at my parents and probably what they had at my age and it's uh, it's very different you know and i yeah. think a lot of education and early preventative care well i think dentistry has come a long way um because i know when my mom my mom told me that when she was young it was basically like if she had a cavity they were like all right we got to pull the tooth out and like <laughs> That's yeah. not what happens now, right? Yeah. You yeah. try not to pull teeth out as far as yeah, I can no. tell. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's like a last resort. There's yeah. no coming back from that. It's pretty absolute. So yeah. everything so, possible we can do to avoid it, we will. Yeah. yeah. So I know that, yeah, that she, I remember her telling me that story about how she was like, I think it's time to find a new dentist. This guy just keeps wanting to pull my teeth out. <laughs> oh. Like, they there's one of your that's a, that's a bad dentist <laughs> that's a, we that's... Want... well i mean trust your gut <laughs> yeah yeah for sure um and then i just i just want to clarify gum disease so gingivitis is related to your gums what is like what is gingivitis and gum disease like how do they play with each other or or sure. not so gingivitis is just a general term for inflammation in the gums um okay. so every time you you floss and you get like a little bleeding in your gums or if you're brushing and you're noticing a bleeding in your gums the gums are probably inflamed healthy gums should be firm they shouldn't bleed when you brush they shouldn't bleed when you floss so that's gum like gingivitis when it reaches the point of gum disease or what we call periodontitis it's past that point so remember the gum measurements and i told you like five and sixes or, you know, we have to double back and maybe take a look at, that's gum disease happening. So the okay. attachment between the tooth and the gums has been compromised probably. And also you're starting to probably get bone loss. Mm. Yeah, so if plaque and bacteria sit on your teeth for too long, your body reacts by just the bone shrinking away. So, oh, wow. yeah. Just that. Yeah, so, yeah. And, and so that's where those cleanings come in, right? Because if you catch yeah. that inflammation, when right. it's only like a four, yeah, yeah, then you could you can you can go back, but if you get to right. gum disease, then right. you can't right. you can't so that's, do as much. That's an important point. Your gums will heal. Your gums will heal. Think about like when you get a burn or a cut in your mouth, like a pizza burn. It heals. Mm -hmm. it heals. Your gums are the fastest healing tissue in your body. It heals wicked quick, but bone does not heal. Once yeah. you have bone loss, it is permanent unless you do something, um, something to bring it back. Usually, that's a procedure. That's um, mm -hmm. you know, a, a surgery. Something coming in to help you. Even yeah. if we help you um, clean out that area, you will always have bone loss in that area. So, it we want to catch it at the early stages before it gets to gum disease and bone loss because that's one way that people lose teeth. Mm. And it's not just cavities and, you know, um, eating too much sugar. You can lose your teeth to periodontal disease as well. Mm -hmm. If too much of the bone has been resorbed, you will get bone loss and then your tooth will wiggle and become loose. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. And that is, that is super hard. I almost impossible to bring back at that point. Yeah. Oof. Well, I think that's a really good segue into um, just some oral hygiene basic questions. So I'm going <laughs> to- Now that I put the fear in you. Yeah now, yeah, now we need to know how we can, what we can be doing. 
Yeah, I'm just gonna brush my teeth immediately after this. <laughs> so, oh my god. So, two minutes. That's typically what I've been marketed to towards to <laughs> how long I should brush my teeth. That's what my electric toothbrush tells me, and it goes off on on automatically. And then I'm like, oh, I guess I'm done, and I throw yeah. it down in the sink. <laughs> is that right? Is two minutes yeah. appropriate? Okay. Two minutes is good. Two minutes that's, is good. It's not yeah. just the big business electric toothbrush industry. No, I think that's one of the biggest benefits to the electric toothbrush that it commits you to the two minutes. We, mm. we used to have all these like games. Um, we would tell kids like, oh, two minutes. It's like singing the alphabet twice. But what kid is going to sit there and sing the alphabet twice in their head, right? I'm not going to do it once. <laughs> exactly. We have these like little hourglasses that we would give kids um, and to tell you like, oh, this is a two minute hourglass. You flip it over, you watch it. And when this is, this is, you know, all the sand is gone, then you know, that's two minutes. But the electric toothbrush without even thinking, it just locks you into that two minute, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that's the hugest benefit to the electric toothbrush. Is the electric toothbrush truly superior to the manual one? I do think so. Um, number one, the, just the commitment to the time. There's no way if you're brushing manually, you are every single day going to brush for two minutes. I just mm. don't believe it. Um, the other thing is it's doing 90% of the work for you. All that vibrating. Um, it's pretty good at removing plaque. It's efficient. Okay. And so that's important. We know we need to, we need to have that toothbrush brush for two minutes. What about toothpaste? You know, there's some people out there that are all about the charcoal, all about <laughs> the vegan gluten-free yeah. toothpaste. Yeah. What's the story behind that? Should Does it matter? Does the brand matter? Yeah. So I, I always... use soap. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine that tasting good. <laughs> um, I, I always say a fluoridated toothpaste. Well, um, a fluoridated toothpaste is your number one um, is your number one. It doesn't matter what brand it is. Um, the one thing to really watch out for, some toothpastes are a little abrasive. Uh, usually they're the ones that market with whitening. Mm. Um, so there's two ways you can whiten. One of it is through just the peroxide, but uh, the way that toothpaste usually whitens is the grittiness. They increase okay. the grit of the toothpaste so that you're you know, scrubbing the surface stains off of your teeth. Imagine like cleaning a pot uh, with a regular sponge versus like a Brillo pad, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, the problem is it can be really damaging to your enamel to be scrubbing wow. as such a, you know, with something so abrasive. So, so you would recommend kind of, if you want to whiten, do it another way other than a whitening toothpaste. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, and then that, just back to brushing a little bit. Um, this is so interesting. I'm learning so much. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, what? So two minutes and it's twice a day, right? Correct, correct. Ideally, you do um, the morning one after breakfast. Okay. You do the evening one before you go to bed because uh, breakfast tends to be a pretty starchy, sugary meal. And to have all that plaque and sugar sitting on your teeth from morning all the way till night, that's quite a bit of time. So mm. touching it right after breakfast is, um, is optimal. 
Um, and then nighttime, just right before you go to bed, because if there's fluoride in your toothpaste, it gives the fluoride a chance to seep in while you're sleeping. Mm. And then also if you're snacking or something, it gets you, you know, you're not like going to bed with whatever you snacked on. Stuff well, on your teeth. What exactly is the role of fluoride? Like, what does it do? Yeah. So fluoride helps a couple of things. It strengthens enamel. This is mm -hmm. mostly for children. Um, so, you know, like we give fluoride treatments to children and they even put fluoride in a lot of waters in certain mm -hmm. localities to help with children. It's once you become an adult, that's less of an effect, but there's still benefits to fluoride as adults because it neutralizes the pH in your mouth. So mm -hmm. when bacteria uh, eats, there's bacteria in your mouth, that's part of plaque and it's stuck on your teeth. So when they eat the same food you do, so when you eat like um, a sugary snack, the sugars from that snack that's stuck on your teeth also feed the bacteria that's stuck on your teeth. Mm. So when they feed, they release an acid. An acid is what's eroding away your teeth and causing cavities. Enamel by itself is the hardest material in your body. It won't break. It's cavities. It's mm. the cavities that weaken your teeth. And then it can weaken to the point where it damages your tooth so much it hurts, you know, now, and that's when, you know, we have to step in and probably mitigate with some uh, filling, something like that. Okay. Um, cool. And then, and then with brushing is there's a proper technique, correct? Like there, or there, I guess maybe there are, there are improper techniques. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, so I do have some models. Maybe I can show you guys. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we do have to show the video of this. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I wasn't no. prepared for the video. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We'll just have to, we'll have to do another, have you make some YouTube content or something. Yeah. So, um, the technique that's usually taught, um, well, it was taught to me in dental school, quite honestly. And most people embrace is the modified brass technique. So um, here's the toothbrush. I just opened it, brand new. Mm -hmm. Sterilized. <laughs> um, I have a little model of some teeth here, right? So usually I, what I see a lot of people, now people do a good job of brushing usually the flat surface of their teeth, right? Mm -hmm. They're going in at about 90 degrees straight across, especially the teeth in the front. You know, you hardly get cavities there because you're probably really good at reaching it, right? Mm -hmm. Remember we talked about the space, that pocket between your tooth and your gums. Mm -hmm. If you're going this way, these bristles are not going into that space. So instead of 90, you angle it a little bit here and then you get the bristles into the space between your gums. Mm. This way you're covering the entire flat surface and the space between the gum mm. and the tooth. Okay. And honestly, in a healthy adult with um, healthy saliva flow, you don't have to worry about the flat surface as much because your saliva all day is washing away a lot of the plaque that's on the front surface of your teeth. What's really probably where the plaque, where the plaque is hard to remove is along the gum line. And that's where I see a lot of people missing along the gum line. Okay. Yeah. So you want to do a 45 degree and then wiggle gently. So you're, you're really, you're brushing the gums, not just the teeth. Right. So I do hesitate on recommending people to 
brush their gums because you don't want to do just the gums right right you don't want to do just the gums you can imagine if you went too high then you missed the tooth a little bit right yeah so and also you can really abuse the gums um depending on how hard the bristle is uh, you can abuse the gums and damage the gums cause some recession something like that as well Mm -hmm. so i say 45 degree okay jiggle it into the space and um, you know don't don't grasp the toothbrush too much. I always, that's not the time to take out your aggressions. <laughs> <laughs> I tell people to look in the mirror make sure your like thumbnail is like relaxed. It's not like blanching because your grip is so strong, you know? We're, like, not, we're not white knuckling it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Don't like abuse your, don't abuse your teeth, okay? <laughs> yeah. Um, but the modified brass technique. And actually, I, I was trying to look for some resources online. The uh, ADA has, uh, has quite a bit of good uh, websites. Okay. I think they have a website called healthymouth.org. There's some good websites. And you know what? Don't be shy to ask. It, it really is fine. No one's born knowing this stuff. And maybe you've been doing it wrong your entire life. It's fine. I've had grown men um, uh, ask me how to brush their teeth. And it's fine. I don't judge. Yeah. At least you're trying to learn, you know? Yeah. And who else to ask, but yeah. Yeah. Your dentist. Yeah. yeah, it's fine. I teach people of all ages to brush better. It, it's fine. Cool. That's huge. That's huge. Game changes for me. I think one of the biggest things that I'm, that I'm learning and just taking away is like, I need a, why, why am I not, why have I not just been bringing a toothbrush with me to work? to these places and then when I go use the bathroom that's a perfect time to brush yeah because we're not always like necessarily eating breakfast at home yeah or just throughout the day yeah yeah is is there could you brush your teeth too much though Mm -hmm. um so (laughs) so (laughs) of a good thing is not always good right Um, you can not so much overbrush, but uh, brush too aggressively. Okay. So um, you can brush so aggressively to the point where you're like causing notching and then just like the wearing away of your enamel. Remember how mm-hmm. we talked about that toothpaste? If it's too gritty, mm-hmm. scratch the surface to your teeth and then even further along, it can really wear away the enamel. Same thing with a toothbrush, you know? And I know that toothbrushes come with different like softnesses what what would we be looking for does it depend on the person right so i always recommend a soft toothbrush um even if you're using an electric toothbrush make sure it's a soft bristle toothbrush and you should change it every three months three months okay so i just put like a little reminder on my phone a calendar like you know boom oh hey next week i gotta change my brush head um something like that every three months okay um is that because I, the bristles wear down or because they get that bacteria or what, like what is the yeah both both, both okay. but mostly because the bristles do get worn down if okay. they're worn down then they're not cleaning effectively you mm. know yeah. yeah so um there's a bunch of different toothbrushes on the market um i actually i use the sonicare mostly because they gave it to me for free thank you sonicare <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> um and they gave it to me for free and i like it i i the brush heads are at costco and this is what i've been using for years and years and it's been fine um some manual toothbrushes and again just make sure they're soft or extra soft this is one we give out in the office it's called a nimbus Mm -hmm. 
and if you can see the um the bristles are super super fine at yeah the edge yeah so probably about here is where you see like what a normal bristle looks like and then mm -hmm. at the end it breaks down even further that's nice this is nice i really don't see how you can hurt yourself with this mm -hmm. i mean please don't prove me wrong <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that as a challenge. Please <laughs> don't prove me wrong, but um, these bristles are super fine. And yeah. uh, we give these to people with um, just, you know, a recession, people with gum issues. It's also nice as I feel right now I have braces and I, I feel that these bristles are getting through like small mm. crevices and spaces better than like um, large, like chubby bristles would. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Oh yeah. Cool. Um, and then, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, Nimbus. I do like this yes. brand. Okay, cool. That's helpful. Yeah, they're a sponsor of this episode. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> uh, they want to send me a box, that would be great. <laughs> speak it into existence. There we go. Um, so, okay, so we've talked a lot about brushing. What about flossing? Like what is, what is the role of floss? Right. Flossing. So um, brushing can only get the flat surfaces of your teeth. Think anything you can lick with your tongue, right? Mm -hmm. That's the only areas the toothbrush can reach. But remember, there's still a surface of your teeth that's between um, two teeth, right? Mm -hmm. So there's no way a toothbrush can clean in there. But yet food and bacteria can still get trapped there. Think about all the times you've gotten food stuck in between your teeth. Mm -hmm. tooth, if you reach for a toothbrush, it's not going to help you get it out, right? you're probably doing floss or toothpick to get it out. So um, floss, I would say, and people have asked me this question, is like if you had to choose between flossing and brushing, what would you choose? I would say flossing. Okay. 100% flossing. Because you can trust if that your saliva is helping you like wash away the flat surfaces when nothing is helping you clean in between the teeth. And mm. when cavities start, when issues start, it's always usually in between the teeth. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Um, what, and then you, sh how often should we floss? So I tell everyone once in a 24 hour window. Okay. Uh, usually I think the vast majority of people do it when they brush. That just makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. But I've heard of people flossing while driving or oh. flossing, <laughs> flossing uh, while watching Netflix, you know? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, just once in a 24 hour window. No, it doesn't matter when. And can you can you do it more than once, or is that also you can. Yeah, you, you can. It's um, it's hard to hurt yourself by overflossing. Again, please don't prove me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But it's hard to overfloss. Unlike brushing, you unless you're very very aggressive and like you know forcing it down too far, that's different. But if you're doing it properly, there's there's no uh, nothing wrong with flossing more than once. And then speaking of properly, like what is what is properly with flossing? Okay, yeah, I have let's try to use a model. <laughs> so um what well first of all floss, there's different types of floss, right? Mm -hmm. Um I usually the one that we recommend and probably the one most common is just a wax floss. Um okay. you know, like a, it can be just a generic brand, it doesn't have to be fancy. Sometimes people use something like uh, glide floss. Um like the tape ones that are Teflon coated, they're super, super slippery and they just don't clean as effectively. Wax has a little bit of more of a sticky texture and it will catch plaque a lot better. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
I'm going to use this floss to demonstrate to you guys. This is Coco Floss. I do really like this brand as well. Yeah. Send me a box. <laughs> um, so Coco Floss, this is a coconut based floss. I actually, I found this because I had like a vegan patient that refused to floss with wax floss. Oh, and, wow. and I know they have like uh, tea tree oil options. I, I've seen that, but this is a really great product, Cocoa Floss. It's okay. purely coconut based, um, no animal products whatsoever. It's a local company. <laughs> so it's a nice great. option for sure. Yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. That, great. that vegans may not be interested in wax floss. Yeah, they, anything, I think anything animal made or mm -hmm. anything from an animal. So that, yeah, that includes wax and honey and. Yeah. Um, so what, what I usually recommend is, uh, I think the recommendation is like 18 inches, something like that. Mm -hmm. Who knows who that, how much that is? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how long 18 inches is. So I always say one forearm length. So oh. you're going to use your hands, right? So you have a forearm. So one full forearm oh, length. Wow. So oh, that's a great trick. Yeah. Pull, um, you pull it out and then, you know, you just go to about your elbow and then cut about there. Right? Mm -hmm. And then I tell people your most dexterous fingers are your pointer and your thumb. Um, usually when I watch people floss, they always wrap it around their pointer, right? But if I wrap the floss around my pointer, you're taking away one of the, mo like the mobility of your pointer, right? Mm -hmm. So I always tell people, switch it to your middle finger. Oh. If you wrap the floss around your middle finger, this frees up your pointer and your thumb now to manipulate the floss around oh, your teeth. That's great. Okay. Game changer. Yeah. So you only need to maneuver like, uh, like an inch or two, like this much space. Okay. And what you want to do, here's my model. Mm -hmm. I don't I'm going to struggle to hold the model up and floss. <laughs> this is impressive. This is so impressive. So um, remember, we're aiming to clean the surfaces between the teeth, right? Every mm -hmm. um, two teeth, usually, unless you have a space, you have something called a contact, right? Uh, you pull it down past the contact point. You're going to feel a snap. Mm -hmm. And then you make a C shape. Oh, like okay. Engaging one tooth, just brush a little bit. I call it like shoe polishing, brush it a little bit back and forth. And then don't forget you have another surface on the other side. So then reverse your C shape and get the other brush it a little bit and then get the other two and then come out. Okay. Okay. Some options also, if you find some people have really tight contacts and then once you get this tooth out, you struggle to get the floss out. What you can do is unwind your finger here and then pull it through. Mm. Okay, so, so you easier. can do that. So then I imagine like floss toothpicks would be hard to do that well with then, right? Because you can't right. make right. Well. So um, there's a lot of options for floss. There's like picks, there's like the, the little flossers. So it's like a U-shaped plastic piece that holds a piece of floss taunt. I always tell people if you have full mobility and use of your fingers and you're able to, there's nothing that beats string floss, even water pick, anything like that. Things like water pick, um, the little flossing sticks, they're more for, I would say, people with mobility issues, like elderly people that have had strokes, 
um, you know, they lose like the loss of your, the use of your dominant hand, then it will be really hard for them to floss, right? So then, yeah, maybe you have to use like a flosser stick or like a water pick to go around and blast water. But even that, um, it, it's, it's never as good as string floss. Okay. It's never as good as string floss. So, so a water pick is like, unless you, again, like you said, you're having, you have like a disability that prevents you from using string floss. It's not really necessary for like the. Yeah, it can help. It certainly can help, but it never replaces string floss. Okay. Like water pick can also be good for other scenarios. Like if you have braces, mm -hmm. if you have um, bridge work, if you have implants, things like that, water pick might help to maneuver around um, those types of things. Okay. But so it's like, it's supplemental. Yes, yes, exactly. I always say it's supplemental. It's not exactly replacing floss. People love to use it instead of floss. It's easy, you know, it's a fun toy. Flossing is not as glamorous, <laughs> but um, nothing beats string floss. Yeah, and then, and then is, so then like mouthwash would also be supplemental? Yeah, correct. Mouthwash should also be supplemental. It just gives you like a temporary minty feeling. Mm -hmm. um, it's not really doing much beyond that. Okay. And if you're rinsing after you use the mouthwash, if you drink anything after the mouthwash, a lot of the benefits are just being washed away. Oh, okay. So if you use a mouthwash, you should not drink anything. Correct. For like how long? I don't know. Um, no, it would you just read the instructions yeah. for the mouthwash. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think that you should, if you're going to rinse with a mouthwash, you just do it at night before yeah. you go just go, you know, then probably that's when you would get the most benefit out of it. That makes sense. Cool. Um, well, we're kind of, we're, we've had gotten really into a lot of great stuff. I know that we were going to talk about dental insurance, but I think that's like a big topic that I don't want <laughs> to throw at you in five minutes. So we'll just have to have you on again and we'll talk about dental. Yeah, that's fine. But I guess before we like really wrap up, um, is there anything else that you just you wish people knew um about their teeth about dentistry about or if there are any like specific myths that you want to just go ahead and shut down right away <laughs> yeah just that uh, the vast majority of us just want to help uh, honestly well we we're just the messenger we just want to help you and i can only help you as much as you want to help yourself yeah it comes from within first you know a lot of it is just uh, whatever you do when you go home, you know? Yeah. It doesn't matter how many cleanings you're getting. If you're not yeah. brushing your teeth at home, then yeah. there's only so much you can yeah. do. Yeah. Even the best dentistry will fail in the worst of conditions. Yeah. That makes sense. I love you how much you tied into the, the people and being a part of, of, of somebody's journey. Their, their community. Experience. Yeah. yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. Um, if listeners want to work with you, where can they? Where yeah. Can they so I'm in private practice here in Palo Alto, California. Certainly if you're in the Bay area, look me up. Um, my first name's Mary and my last name is Chan, Q-I-A-N. Um, it, it, I'm, you can always email me. Um, so it's my name, Mary, M-A-R-Y, last name Chan, Q-I-A-N at DMD, Palo Alto.com. And, um, uh, I will eventually get an Instagram up and it'll probably be yeah. at yeah, at dmdpaloalto.com. And um, you can send me a message. I'm always happy to um, answer any questions teeth related. 
This has been another episode of Demystifying Wellness. We thank you for joining us. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe, share with a friend, or leave a review. And be sure to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Laura Merkel Fitness and at Jarrett the Physio. We hope you enjoy the rest of your day and be sure to tune in next time for more Demystifying Wellness.